you an event planner or organizer looking for a keynote speaker with a fresh new perspective that packs a serious punch? Someone who captivates your audience and inspires them to create lasting changes in their lives. Someone who has a compelling story to share that will leave your audience believing in themselves like they've never done before. I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake, author of The Million Dollar Bakery, host of this podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk, and I am your girl. To book me as a speaker for your next event, go to RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. Hey, I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake. Thanks for joining me on my Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, where I'll be sharing all my best life and business tips and tricks on how I've created the life of my dreams and how you can too. I'm a no-nonsense, full disclosure, sweet talk scrapping woman entrepreneur who believes in taking charge of your life and ridding yourself of all the excuses that are holding you back. This is a really exciting time for my podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk, because it is my first podcast series and really the first time I've opened up my podcast to have guests on my show. I was inspired by International Women's Day and I felt like I was called to do this series from God or the universe. I just felt like he brought these amazing women into my life and gave me a platform to allow me the opportunity to share their stories with women all over the world. I'm blessed to be surrounded by these incredible women and it would be extremely selfish if I kept them and their stories all to myself. So I'm really excited to share them with you guys. They are filled with life lessons and valuable tips and advice on how to overcome the toughest challenges that life has thrown our way. You guys, like you guys though, you guys are in for a serious treat with this series. So be sure to subscribe so that you get notified when a new episode launches. And please leave me a review on my podcast to show your love and support. I would be so grateful. On this episode of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, we are talking to Kelsey, who is from, she is a co-owner at Curly's Brewing, and it is like the best craft beer you will ever try. I, I am backing this up because it actually is. There's no better craft beer than Curly's Brewing, okay? Um, and I'm really super grateful to know Kelsey personally. She's part of my women's networking group. So I'm really excited to have her on this podcast because I know that she has a lot of really great insight and advice to share with you guys. And she is very open and vulnerable and hilarious. So you guys are really in for a treat on this episode. Um, and so welcome, Kelsey, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thanks for that um, warm welcome. And uh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Yeah, this is awesome. It's going to be so good. All right. So why don't you um, just tell our listeners kind of what you do at Curly's Brewing It's owned with your you guys are both co-owners, you and Nigel, your uh, spouse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not husband yet, but, uh, working on uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Working on it. We're working on it. Um, at Curly Brewing. Um, so Nigel is the, his last name is Curly. So that's where the name comes from. Uh, yeah, he is like the main brewer he deals with. He makes the recipes, he brews the beer. Um, I'm slowly starting to get into it because I think it's really cool when breweries have women brewers. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying totally to get into amazing. it, but it's, <laughs> 
Yes, it's crazy though. It's uh, it's a science for sure. So I'm learning a lot, but uh, mostly what I do there, my title is special events coordinator. So before the pandemic, I was booking lots of live music and we had uh, trivia Tuesdays and we were doing fundraisers and stuff. So I was busy with a lot of that. Um, but now I just kind of do a lot more of the social media marketing. I deal with the website. We have a mailing list. Um and I'm mostly like the cleaning lady. Like I do a lot of cleaning of the kegs and yeah. mopping the floors and stocking the bathrooms, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, you just described the life of a business owner. You're like, I pretty much do everything. Like we both do everything. Yeah, I wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I think it's so cool that you're um, starting to learn how to like brew it yourself. Like what's the hardest thing to learn? Is it the recipes or the, how to use the equipment? Like what's the hardest thing? I think it's the equipment and the timing of things too. Like it's like, it's kind of like cooking, like when yeah. you're cooking a bunch of different things you have to time it all out perfectly so that things are ready at certain times and stuff. Um, so it's a lot of that. And then there's like chemicals and stuff involved and like high pressure gases and everything. So I get really nervous when it comes to stuff like that. I always think something's <laughs> going to explode or I'm going to like spray <laughs> acid in my face. Oh my so, <laughs> but luckily that's never happened. <laughs> luckily, yeah. That's yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. So that's great. So how long have you guys um, been doing this together? <clears throat> Did you guys yeah, start so the business together? Yeah. Well, uh, it originally was going to be Nigel's business and it was his idea. He's always been like a natural born entrepreneur. And I was actually in college at the time we started this whole idea. And um, I was finishing up college and I was like, oh, man, I want to own my own business. This looks like so much fun. Like, how can I get involved with this? So I kind of came in um, as he was still trying to, like, find a decent space to rent and everything. So it's kind of perfect timing. And it all took off. We opened uh, October 10th, 2017. That's amazing. Four years yeah. yeah. Like it's crazy when you think about how long it's been and how the time passes by and like it's just it's so crazy. Yeah. Wow. Totally. So okay, so we're talking about um International Women's Day and we are well I am highlighting some of my most favorite influential women in our community. And so um one thing that I've been asking every single woman on this uh series is to tell me about a time in your life where you faced a significant challenge. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot. Um, but uh, I think uh, relating, if I want to relate it more to business, um, I think I would say there was a time just before the pandemic when things were just uh, it was like a disaster at Curly's. Like we were, we had this huge menu we were serving all kinds of food um, and uh, we didn't have enough space. We had tons of employees. We had a bad bookkeeper. Our overhead was really high because we didn't do enough research beforehand. Um, it was just like, it was like everything was piling up and it, that was like a really intense, really uh, difficult time for us for sure. So that was, was that right before COVID happened? Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, just the months leading up to COVID, like, so I think that was, was it March? I yeah. think when things went crazy. So yeah, it was just leading up to that. Things were just, it was like one thing after the next and we were just really struggling to hold on. Yeah. Um, barely making ends meet and because of our bad bookkeeping situation and like being so new to all of this, like it was just, yeah, it was a disaster. Yeah. It's really hard when you're like faced with all of these things and you're, you're like responsible for everything. It's a really big, like burden to, to, to carry, even, even though you do it with your, uh, with Nigel, it's like, it's still a big burden on both of you and knowing that you're responsible for like paying rent and like, you know, the maintenance of the equipment and all kinds of things. And like when it's not going well, um, it's extremely like overwhelming and can be devastating. So do you, did you find that obviously when COVID happened, did it get worse or did it get better? Honestly. Honestly, COVID was our savior. So as terrible as that sounds, but COVID forced us to 
take a step back. Like we closed down for the first week when everybody was all paranoid and we didn't know anything about this virus. We yeah, closed down thought for that they were going to die if they left their house and breathed the air. That's literally what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how we were feeling. We were like super, we got really scared. We were watching, we'd wake up super early and watch all those news updates and everything. And we were like, okay, what's going on? What do we do? Yeah. Um, so it, it forced us to take a step back. We took a week off and we just like reassessed the business and really talked about like, if, if we don't make changes to our business now, we're never going to do it. Like this is our sign. This is our time. So um, we were way overstaffed. And um, even though it's crazy though, because we were still in there working alongside them, working just as much as we are now, like still running around like crazy, but we still had to have all of this staff and aren't making any money because just staff cost was just so high our overhead so high with our rent and everything that's why it's important to do your research and take your time yeah no, <laughs> but we like so to learn true. the hard way oh so, same. love yeah. learning the hard way it's great I mean, yeah there's no lesson we just jump in the hard way yeah <laughs> figure yeah, it out so later <laughs> figure it out later so yeah, basically so you're saying like COVID happened and it was basically a blessing in disguise in, in the sense that you were faced with this really big challenge and then it caused you guys to really take some time to reevaluate it where like you didn't really have that time beforehand and that's probably what added to the the stress of it all too, right? Totally. We were like, we just, we kept saying like, we felt like we were trapped and we were trapped doing something we didn't want to do. We, we owned a restaurant. Um, it was really, it was difficult. Uh, we were trapped. We kept feeling like we were trapped. Like that's what we yeah. said to each other all the time. We're trapped doing something that we don't want to do. We don't want to own a restaurant. We don't want to manage all these people and everything. Um, so yeah. So basically course, when yeah. you, when you guys started the business, um, was it part of the plan to do food and stuff like that? Or was it just like, like, how did that happen? Or you just didn't realize that it would be so much work and, and, and not good margins. I mean, restaurants have the worst margins, right? So was it something that you guys just like, you, you kind of did on a whim or did you intentionally think that you had to do the restaurant route with the brewery? Um, so originally it was, uh, I was, I came up with the idea of just doing like some baked goods or something and doing baked mm-hmm. goods that have beer in them, like a beer influence and, and use exactly. the spent grain and all that. And it was just going to be like, the idea was kind of to have like a craft beer cafe and mm-hmm. have beer, but also have coffee with a chocolate stout donut or something like so that. Cool. Um, yeah. So that's how that's it so started. Cool. But then because, because we didn't do enough research and it took so long for us to get all of the licenses, that we were like, okay, like coffee and cookies just isn't going to pay our rent. And we still weren't allowed to brew and sell our beer. So we're like, Hey, let's do a little bit more. Like maybe let's do like a small lunch menu. But then, and I remember Nige and I said to each other, as soon as we started doing food, because I had worked in restaurants for so long Mm -hmm. and I knew how difficult it was. The restaurant that I had worked at right before um, opening Curly's was a small mom and pop shop. And I watched that just like unfold in a disastrous way like I there I love them they're great people and everything but it did it broke them up like Mm -hmm. it was just so I kind of saw firsthand how difficult it can be especially if you get ahead of yourself and you do more than you physically can so we both looked at each other and we said okay if we're going to do food we're going to keep it simple we have to keep it as simple as possible well, and then I don't know what happened. It just, it just it spiraled just from there. <laughs> it spiraled out of control. And then before we knew it, we were like, yeah, we had like nine staff and we were running around like crazy. We were there till like 2 a.m. Yeah. Queso like it was just, it was nuts. Yeah. And it's so, so I think started, it was a little bit of both. Yeah. So it started to kind of feel more like a restaurant than a brewery. And that's kind of that, that wasn't your guy's passion and it wasn't really your, your goal that you set out with. Right. So it makes sense. You're kind of feeling like unaligned with that. It's, it's different if you are like, I want to start a restaurant and then go after that. But just the fact that you really wanted to do the brewery and that's what you guys are passionate about. And then it ended up being a restaurant. You're like, what the, what the hell happened? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's why I went back to school because I was trying to get out of working at restaurants. I serving for like 15 years and I was like oh I gotta go get a college diploma so I can get out of restaurants and then I opened one like it was crazy (laughs) that's so funny I don't know how that happened I know but then the other thing that happened 
at, at the beginning of March, too, the other thing that happened was um, we got our retail license to be able to sell bottles to go finally. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if maybe that got um, pushed, like we got it a little sooner because of the pandemic because they weren't coming out to do inspections anymore. So I think they just... Mm -hmm said like let's just let them have it they've had this application in forever i don't know what happened there but we we ended up getting that and so then that was another thing too it's like okay well now we have to start packaging our beer now we have to order bottles and labels and where do we keep those bottles and labels yeah. and now we need a bottling machine and all this stuff so it ended up taking over like a ton of space as well so it, and so did you kelsey know anything about the craft beer industry at all or was it all Nigel? It was pretty much Nigel. Um, when I was serving, I did work at Beer Town uh, for a okay. while there. So there was like a little bit of beer knowledge there. You definitely had to know. They make you study the beer Bible and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was, uh, there was a little bit of that. And then Nigel was brewing at home in the driveway. So I kind of picked up on a couple things um, then. But uh, pretty much all I knew was I liked to drink it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. That's so cool. I yeah. love that so much. So, okay. Can you take me back to like how you were feeling like at the dark time? Like, so before COVID happened, um, you guys were like, you didn't know what to do. You didn't know that COVID was going to close your business and give you that space. So like, how were you feeling at that time? Like, Oh yeah. We were just feeling really anxious, really nervous. We weren't sure what was going to happen. We weren't sure how our landlord was going to handle it too, because mm -hmm. like we still have to pay rent. We weren't sure like, okay, is he going to be kind about this or is, you know, we didn't know what was going, going to happen. And then with us getting our retail license too, it was like, well, now the business is totally changing. And then our, our employees too, like we love our staff. They were great people and we didn't want them to be out of a job suddenly or anything. And I remember telling them like, okay, the schedule I just sent out, like just disregard that. And uh, y'all have a week off. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, there was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of anxiety, but then also to, we just thought it was going to be a week. I don't know why. I think a lot of people did. We just thought, oh, like, oh I did. I will be the first to admit. I thought like, okay, let's just make it through this week. I was so naive and like clearly stupid and uneducated <laughs> on the topic. But like, no, I, I thought, yeah, like there's no way that this is going to continue for like three years, which it has. So it's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, totally. You, so originally we were thinking... Sorry. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Um, originally, we were kind of thinking like, oh, well, this is great. We really needed a vacation. We really needed yeah. some time off to just like sleep and do some laundry. So we were kind of looking forward to having a week off. We didn't know it was going to be like years. Uh, forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did you guys find it like, did you find it comforting kind of like be having each other to go through it or was it like hard did it cause tension because I know like Chad and I obviously work together in business and like obviously there's times where the struggle is real how do you how do you not let it kind of affect your relationship you know working together when it's such a challenging time yeah that's a really good question um I just think we have just gotten better over the years, better with communication, better with understanding each other and <laughs> knowing what pushes each other's buttons, knowing what not to say and totally. when not to talk about something. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's really helped. It's taken a lot. Like it's, we've been together for, I think this will be eight years now. So wow. it's taken a long time for us to really like figure out each other and have a, a good mutual understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that that's just really helped, like really respecting each other and knowing like when this is not a good time to talk about things and when yeah. this is like, we're, we're not very good at like, okay, at, at five o'clock, we're not talking about work anymore. Mm -hmm. Like now it's home time. We're not really good with stuff like that, but, uh, yeah. we just talk about it when it's on our minds and we feel like we need to talk about it, but we know when to hold back and respect each other that way, you know, like. Yeah, so I think, I think and that's like, a lot of trial and error. 
Yeah, totally. And I think like, I think that running a business together, it really kind of speeds up that process of getting to know somebody because it's different if you guys both go to work, you work your separate jobs, and then you just kind of meet in the middle at home at the end of the day, like that is so different than like working together. <laughs> and if, you, the, if you're around each other all of the time, it really speeds up like that relationship of you, it's either going to like make you or break you. And I know for Chad and I, it's the same thing where you really have to learn how to um, what each other's boundaries are, what, you know, pisses off the other person. Don't do those things, right? It just otherwise, yeah. it, it can really like, not only just impact your relationship, but now all of a sudden it can impact your business if you're trying to work together and serve customers and you're pissed at each other. That is oh, like... Yeah. The struggle is real, right? Trying to oh, yeah. maintain your composure where you're like, when I get home, I'm going to yell at you. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally relate to that. Yeah, that's so funny. Okay, so um, yeah. so how did you overcome this challenge? I, I know like you obviously got rid of your food menu, right? That was one part of what you guys decided and how, so, so what else did you guys do to overcome this challenge and to turn your business around? Yeah, so um, having that time off where we took a week off to really assess things was when we decided like, it's now or never. If we don't stop doing food now, we're like, this is our opportunity. This is as bad as it sounds. This is our perfect excuse, you know, using yeah. like COVID, like, sorry, we, we can't do it anymore. But yeah. also we got our retail license. So like, we literally couldn't do it anymore. There's no more room if we wanted to bottle beer and sell beer to go, which is what we always wanted to do. Yeah. There was no room in there to have a kitchen as well. And uh, we had a lot of stress with the staff and stuff as well. So like we were... We were always fighting about like, because the staff was fighting with each other, not getting along and scheduling would take like hours and hours, sometimes weeks, I'd be putting schedules together and I'd send them out and then somebody would be like, oh, I can't work that shit or whatever. And it's just, it would cause so much tension and so much fighting between Nigel and I. And we both started to grow so much resentment towards the business. Um, So we realized like, if we want to actually keep this business going, keep our sanity, like protect our mental health and protect our relationship. Like we need to make this change. So we kind of just decided over that week that this was what we were going to do. We, we did lay off our staff and then try to do it just the two of us for a little bit like, and just scale back the menu. Um, and how and did try that to go? Just do like, <laughs> oh man, that was just, that was brutal. Just yeah. brutal. I don't know, like, at least we tried. I can say that we tried, but it was not, two people cannot make beer, sell beer, bottle beer, and also make food, prep food, sell food, all that, like, it was just way too much. So we learned pretty quickly that we should just do what we want to do. So we just made that decision and it was kind of hard. Like it was, well, I shouldn't say kind of, it was really hard. And people um, still ask us all the time for food and yeah. Isn't, and- isn't that like the hardest part of it where like you, you don't want to like disappoint your customers, obviously, but you, you have to follow what's right and what's what feels right to you guys and what your heart is set on. So it's like, but it is so hard, especially like when customers have gotten to know and try your food and they love it and like it's flattering, but you're not passionate about it. It was that one of the hardest reasons why when you guys quit the food, like just dealing with the the you know, disappointment from customers? I think so. Yeah. And just like the constant, like questioning, like why and having to repeat the same story over and over and over again about how it's not what we really wanted to do. And then people are like, what? But your food was so good. And even family was like, come on, I miss your nachos. And so like, it was just, yeah, that was really hard to just be like, and stick to our guns. Like every yeah. now and then too, we think about doing food again. I was like, I don't know, should we just do this one thing? Or maybe we should just do like a pop up. Like maybe let's just do food on weekends or something. Then we'd have to stop ourselves and be like, no, we'll be miserable. Don't do it. 
<laughs> I know. I, I really honestly can relate so much to that because there's been so many times where like we've made changes in our business and it's, it's so hard to find the balance of, you know, doing what we truly love and are passionate about and also listening to our customers feedback and listening to what they want. Because even still, like there's there's things that customers email us and ask us and they're like, well, can you can you do this or can you do that? And it's like it just doesn't fit with what we we really love and what we really want to do. And it's hard because you, you know, it's a, it's a fine line and it's a, it's a balance trying to figure out like how to stay true to yourself and also um, take the feedback from customers and implement things that, you know, they, they want to see happen too, because at the end of the day, I mean, they're, they're, I always say like the customers are our boss. Like people get into like their own business, think like they're their own boss. No, the customers are the boss. Right. But it's about staying true to yourself. And that's what I've realized like throughout growing my business too, is that's the most important at the end of the day, because if you don't, and for example, in your business, if you continue doing food and making it miserable and hating it every day, you would just close up everything. And then there'd be no food, there'd be no beer. And like, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. what's the, that's the trade-off, right? Yeah, absolutely. It definitely got close to that where I, I was like ready to leave. I was like, I yeah. can't do this anymore. I'd rather just go get a job somewhere. Like I, I'm miserable. And it's, mm-hmm. and you know, when you're, just starting a business too, you're working so hard for no money. So like oh, yeah. to be doing something you hate mm-hmm. for no money, like, yeah, like what, there's no strategy hard. in that. That's like awful, right? Yeah. <laughs> so true. Oh my God. That's so true. Totally. Yeah. That, that struggle is definitely real. And even like when you were saying with the staff issue, like that, that has definitely been the hardest part of growing like our business and scaling our business. Because like you said, we often went from having two staff to nope, screw that, just back to Chad and I. And then we'd hire three staff. Nope, screw that, back to Chad and I, right? Because we're easy yeah. to manage because we care about the business where like staff, just right. don't. it's not their fault, but they just don't have the same care and drive that you do, which is devastating when you put your whole heart and soul into your business, right? So I can totally relate to that. It's like so hard because like, you need them to scale and grow and they are wonderful. It's just, it's just gapping the bridge of like their mindset, whereas our mindset, like total polar opposite from how a staff would be. And I, I did another podcast episode on, on a similar topic where I was like, even myself, if I worked for another company and I was a staff, I would also have a staff mindset because I'm not getting paid like a CEO salary to to think like a CEO. I'm being paid to be a staff. So I'm going to clock out at 5 p.m. And honestly, that is the perk of working for someone else. So I always tell people like you, if you're not made to be an entrepreneur, don't do it. It's a freaking lot of work. I know that you guys know that for sure. Yeah. And uh, it's got to be a labor of love. It's got to be something you're so freaking passionate about. So otherwise, like you said, What's the point? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's so nice to hear this that you've gone through similar things and look how successful you are. It's like it's awesome to know that we're not alone in this situation, you know. Oh my god, like I could literally talk to you all day about it. <laughs> Cuz it's like the struggle <laughs> is so real. And that's why I'm so happy to be doing this uh series on on women who are have overcome challenges because I do feel when we share our challenges and struggle with people, it really puts us like on a very like human um, level playing field. Whereas um, in my other episode with Lisa, we were talking about how it's really easy to see successful people and be like, oh, they must know something that I don't know. I mean, like I felt like that my entire life, like looking at other people that were successful. And I was like, I don't know. Like it's just, it's, it's a misconception, but like we're all humans and we all struggle. And that's why I really love sharing these challenges and struggles on the podcast, because it's really what connects us to feel like we're not the only one. Am I the only one that ever struggled with hiring staff? No, but it feels like it unless other people aren't sharing their stories. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's so great. Um, I actually was just, I just listened to an interview. It was an old interview from like 2014 mm-hmm. with Chip and Joanna Gaines. 
Oh, and cool. like look at them and how far they've come. Yeah. And they were talking about how when they originally started having no money and their employees having to hold checks because they didn't have enough money in the bank account for their employees to cash checks. And I was like, oh my gosh, I thought that was just me. Yeah. <laughs> and like to see somebody like with that level of success to, to share that, right? It's so powerful and it makes us feel like we actually can do hard things and we can move past it because other people have done the same. And it's like Absolutely. so amazing. That's, I love it's those all stories. about just, yeah, me too. And I think it's just about like, just don't give up so many. I can see why so many entrepreneurs give up. There's definitely yeah. been so many times where the door is open and it's been like, do you want to, do you want to go now? You want to have it now? Like, yeah. And I, I just, and we, we both, we just hold on, we white knuckle through and we get through it. And honestly, every time we get to the other side of a challenge, it makes us stronger. It makes us better. It makes us better in our relationship and in our business like we are yeah. way better communicators we understand each other so much better now but it took so much to get there I and know. I honestly feel privileged to have this sort of like work relationship with my partner in life as well like I feel like we get to go through things that other people might it might take years before they go through something as crazy and as difficult as that and learn so things true. about each other but we're getting we're getting it all like right up front yeah that's <laughs> what right i mean like it, years, it, so. yeah it fast tracks your relationship and it's like it's either gonna yeah. make it or break it but like it will fast track it some couples it takes like 20 years but if you're in business together it takes like five to figure out the same amount of issues in a 20-year marriage let's say so it really yeah. really fast tracks it it's crazy when you think about it and, and because in business it is basically all about problem solving so if you just think about it like your your day-to-day -day is like that's a problem I got to solve it like you just you're just addressing problems all day basically right all and day. so <laughs> even if it's like how do I get more sales how do I get more customers how do I do this and it's just problem solving right and so that that can be so draining and like it, it it's such a big responsibility and it's not for everyone um and I definitely can relate to wanting to quit. There was so many times where I was like, fuck this shit. Like, get me that. What the yeah. hell did I sign up for? And like, you know, I think when we start businesses, we have this idea of what it's going to be like. And then when we're in it, we're like, what the hell was I thinking about this idea? It's nothing like it. Right. And it's not to say oh, you get there, but it's getting there is the hardest thing you will ever do. Like it's literally oh, yeah. the hardest thing. That's crazy. It's taught me so much patience. Like, yeah, I don't really have patience at all. Like when it comes to like <laughs> anything, like I expect it to be done like right away. So like, yeah. it was so hard for me because I was, before we started this business, I was on Pinterest all the time. And I was like looking at all these like beautiful Pinterest cafes and breweries and everything. I was like, oh, I can't wait for my space to look like that. And then you realize really quickly, like, okay, so like that person obviously had a million dollar startup. Like, yeah. so it's going to take you time to get that Pinterest storefront that you want. And you're just going to have to be patient. Yeah. And things do happen and it all it like, and same with like our licenses and everything. If you're persistent and you work hard and you're just calm and patient, it will all come. And it gets, honestly, our business gets better every year and you, you just have to roll with the punches and you definitely yeah. have to be a flexible person. <laughs> it's so true. And I love what you were saying about um, how like you, you get to like work together and you get to be an entrepreneur, you get to be a business owner because when you are like, when entrepreneurship is in your DNA, like it is for you and Nigel, um, you can't work for somebody else. Like you just can't, you'd be so miserable. And so that's usually what I think about in times where I want to quit. I'm like, first of all, am I wanting to quit because I'm in a really shitty place right now? And normally I am because I'm like, it, would I want to quit if I was feeling my best self? No. Cause I'm like, I'm fine. I can handle anything, whatever. Right. So, and second of all, I think, well, what is my other option? My other option is to go and get a job somewhere else. And then I have a boss to deal with. I have, you know, I don't have any control, which is an issue for me, for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, you just think of those times where you set your alarm clock, you get up, you go to your job, you don't really love your job and it's so miserable. And then, so I just think like well, the trade-off is 
pretty good, even though it's fucking hard, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you got to look at the pros of this the pros over the cons for yeah. sure. There's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work, but it, yeah, I can't imagine working for somebody else. And that was even how, like, that's when I realized that I needed to be an entrepreneur was when I was in college and I started doing my placements and just working for under other people yeah. and being bossed around. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I just, I'm going to snap. Like I yeah, need to have, yeah, cause especially because like, I mean, you have that personality where you are very self-motivated. And I find when you, you have that personality, having other people above you just feels like you're holding it back or you're just not feeling like you're living up to your true potential. Right. So when you, when you are a true entrepreneur, it's impossible to work for somebody else and be happy. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. So, so what does international women's day mean to you? Yeah. So for me, I think it's just a day to celebrate women and everything that women bring to the table, uh, everything that women do. I feel like um, women are so underappreciated and um, we're amazing. The things that we can do, it's just, it's incredible. Um, And I just think uh, celebrating that diversity and uh, equality is really, really important. Yeah, that's amazing. I totally agree. I feel like, yeah, there's definitely um, certain things that women just naturally can do much better than men can and, you know, vice versa. But like you just you really yeah, it's it's something that is meant to be celebrated and acknowledged. And I think that it's so true. And especially like in your industry, I mean, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of women who are in the craft beer industry. I don't know. Or maybe they're just not, maybe they're not being recognized as much. Like, what do you think about that? Oh, 100%. They're not being recognized enough at all. And um, I think a lot of times, like people make a lot of assumptions when they go into breweries and stuff. Too. Like a lot of times people assume that I'm just an employee there and they just oh, think yeah. Nigel is my boss. Like that happens oh all the time. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Like wow. sometimes people won't even, they won't ask me questions. They'll like deliberately like go over to Nigel and want to ask him a question or I'm like, I know, I know some things, you oh know, like, yeah. and there's like, yeah, there's actually um, a lot of buzz in the craft beer community right now. Um, there's a woman, uh, I was going to ask you about this. Yeah, I was going to ask you because I saw something on socials, but I didn't really know what it was about. So go ahead and explain that. Yeah, honestly, I should have looked into it a little bit more before this interview, but uh, because it would be perfect uh, to talk about here. But um, yeah, there's this woman who's a woman brewer in in Ontario, in a brewery in Ontario, and um, she's been getting a lot of like discrimination and a lot of hate and a lot of um, it's usually from men thinking that she can't. I don't know because she's a woman she can't brew beer or she's not good enough uh they don't treat her equally um because she's a woman brewer so uh i think that's crazy like that's i think she so should be crazy. celebrated <laughs> that's for literally doing that yeah yeah oh my God. It, it boggles my mind that people think that just because she's a woman she can't brew like come on she's yeah. I don't, I don't think I've tried any beer from her brewery, but I'm pretty sure it's amazing. And there is one um, close to here that I've tried, uh, Charlotteville Brewing. And uh, it's a female brewer. And the beer, like, it, just because you're a woman doesn't mean you can't brew beer. <laughs> that just sounds it's so crazy. ridiculous. I can't even, yeah. I've been to Charlotteville yeah. Brewery. It's really nice, too. Yeah, I really like it. Um, but, yeah, like, it's crazy to think that in 2022, like, there's still those stereotypes. I, I, for me, I don't, I can't believe it, but I think that might be part of the problem that like for, for a lot of people, they're like, oh, that still doesn't really happen because I'm so inclusive of, the, of other people. I don't realize that it actually does happen. I'm like, that's fucked that that happens. But like, I just, I doesn't even like cross my mind, which I do think is kind of part of the problem too. Totally. No, I think I feel the same as you. Like I'm always shocked when I hear these stories and Usually I'm just like, that's, that's crazy. You know, like why? (laughs) Yeah. And it's really interesting because the, like a woman in a, in a brewing industry is kind of similar to, you know, Chad running our cute little bakery store, like just these gender, like role things, just embrace it. Who cares? It's not even a thing. You know what I mean? But it's kind of the opposite of that with him because, 
you know, we always joked about it. Like, you know, he's running this cute little bakery store and whatever. And it's like not the typical role for a guy. So it's just, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I, I literally just thought of that right now. Cause I'm like, <laughs> kind of the opposite with our business because Chad like does that um, just because he's so good at that. Like he's the extrovert. So it makes sense that he does the, you know, the frontline stuff and manages the staff and deals with the customers and stuff. So, um, you know, it, it's just what you're good at and it should not matter if you're like a man or a woman, like it's fucking stupid that that even yeah. exists still. Right. So I think I, I, I wasn't really aware of like the, the real issues with that situation, but I did see something about it on social media and I was curious about it. So I'm glad that you uh, just explained that. And yeah, it's crazy that that actually happens. So, yeah. So what is a common misconception that you've had of other women? So I think, honestly, I always thought that like growing up, I always had friends that were guys, like Mm -hmm. even in my like youngest um, photos of like birthday parties and stuff. It was always all boys at my birthday. I never really got along well with girls. And I always thought that like women were just out to get me, you know, like I always thought like, Oh, they're all just going to be nice to my face and talk crap about me behind my back. And it's going to be all, you know, gossipy and stuff like that. And I found that women were really hard to trust. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I didn't really have a lot of women friends and it just seemed like, if I ever did, everybody was always fighting all the time and there was all this drama. So I was like, well, I'm just going to hang out with the boys. (laughs) Totally. It's, you know what, honestly, Kelsey, it's so crazy because, um, you know, Jamie was saying the same thing. I felt the exact same way too, because it just always seemed like, um, anything surrounding women was drama or gossipy or just, you know, like stuff that I was not like really interested in. I don't really care. Like what, if they're talking about somebody else, like I don't really give a shit. So um, I always was the same where I like kind of gravitated towards, you know, guy friends just because they were just chill and said what was on their mind and you know they don't talk behind your back and stuff and I think growing up as a woman like that's where in our in our childhood and our teenage years like that really shapes our perspective on the fact that you that's where we form these misconceptions because I mean during that time they're not really misconceptions like it's actually true that that happens and you know as we've gotten older uh, for me I feel like I've been able to move past that misconception because I have you know gained better quality friendship through our networking group and stuff like that and um, you know thought about it and having friends is amazing. It's an amazing gift to have. And I never really saw the value in it until we kind of did our networking group, to be honest, which I mean, it's only been like two or three, three years, probably. And I'm just like, I just didn't see the value in it. And now um, I've even had, I have lots of friends outside of the networking group as well. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. You know what I mean? I was so missing out because of the misconceptions that I grew up having. Right. And so how did you move past those misconceptions? Yeah, honestly, I think I have to agree. It was our networking group. Like, I don't think I really had any female friends or was really hanging out with any women at all until um, our networking group. And I realized pretty quickly, like, oh, these women aren't trying to like steal my ideas or talk crap about me behind my back. These women actually are offering suggestions and want to help me succeed, which like was mind blowing to me. But yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a total game changer. And actually I've been like, making a point out of um, trying to make more female friends ever since. So yeah, it's, it's just changed everything. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's it's once you start to f- to find like real good quality, good hearted people to surround yourself with it, it just everything changes, right. And like, so now, um, you know, because 
because there are people that exist that are women who do gossip and who are not really nice people. And, but it's up to you to uh, recognize that and, you know, make better friends, be more intentional about the friendships that you create. And the more you surround yourself with women that are like, like-minded, want to see you succeed, um, the more that, you know, you'll be, you'll find friends of friends who are similar to that. And, you know, the more you're putting that into the universe, then you're, you're going to be presented with those kinds of people. And I think that that's such a really good lesson to learn because we are so much stronger together. And just like, even in our networking group, like there's so much uh, love and support and great conversations and the ability to have difficult conversations with a group of women who you feel comfortable opening up to that are not going to talk behind your back or not think these things about you or, or whatever is like, I never thought that could exist. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I saw this um, quote that was something about uh, how you don't want to stay home, do nothing all the time. You, you think you're antisocial, but really it's just that maybe the crowd that you're hanging out with is making you not want to go. Oh my God. That is so true. Right. Like I totally, yeah, (laughs) I totally relate to that. Cause yeah, I always think like, Oh, I'd rather just stay home and do nothing. And now I'm like, no, like I do want to hang out with people and I do want to have conversations and like go out and have a drink or whatever. Like, it's actually not that bad. It's so funny. Yeah, that is so true. And the fact that you can relate to that, because I know you're, you're pretty extroverted, right? Like, would you identify more so with extrovert? I guess so. Like, I know a lot of people think that I'm pretty extroverted, but really, like, I do just love to be love at home. Love a long time. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. maybe a little bit of both. A little both. bit of both. Yeah. 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 Because I always thought like, oh, because I'm an ex- I'm an introvert, I would always be like, oh, everybody drains me. I don't want to do that. I'm going to be tired after and whatever. And that was the case because I was hanging out with people who were negative and who would drain me. But now I'm like, I literally don't even barely get drained at all. I, I get excited to hang out with people because they're the right people. And it's just crazy how that can make such a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. People with a positive attitude can just change everything. Like hanging out with people with a negative attitude who are like constantly complaining or talking crap about other people. It does. It it exhausts me and it rubs off on me too. And then I start acting that way and I'm like, why am I being this way? I know it's so true. And it's so true that saying like you are like the five people you hang around with most. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I am, but like, but when I was hanging around with the negative people, it was just like, it was so draining because I was like, I'm really not like these people. And I think that that's why it's draining me. And it's really like, it's, yeah, it's so crazy. So yeah, I I think that that this conversation about, you know, friendships and, and female friendships specifically is just a really great topic to help other women who have misconceptions about it, knowing that, you know, we also had those misconceptions and we're now kind of on the other side of that. And it's way better over here. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You're just hanging out with the wrong people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, so uh, last couple of questions here. What is your best piece of advice that you can offer other women? Ooh, okay. So um, I would say just do it, girl. Just go for it. That would be my best piece of advice. Like if you've got this idea, you're thinking, you know, or if you, you know, for an entrepreneur side of things, if you're thinking about, you know, starting a business or something and you're too afraid and you don't know, like just, or people are saying you can't do it. Like take those naysayers, take everything that they say and use that as fuel. Like just be like determined to prove them wrong. And I think that that can really light a fire under your butt and keep you going. Like I know for me, like a lot of people thought we were crazy starting a business and starting a business together as a couple. Everybody thought we were going to break up. Everybody thought we were going to end up bankrupt and all this stuff. And I just took all the, all, all that negativity and all those comments. And I just used that to prove them wrong. And we're still in business four years later changing our business like five times and (laughs) went through a pandemic and it's still going. So I feel like we can make it through anything now. So I think really just doing the things that you think you can't do, just do it. You can, you can do it. Don't listen to the naysayers 
or listen to them, but use it as fuel. (laughs) Yes, that's so true. I love that so much. I couldn't agree more. That's the best way to put it. And um, yeah, because they're always going to be those people who hate on you, no matter if you're successful, no matter if you suck, like it doesn't even matter what the circumstances are. There's always haters. So if you just can turn that into fuel to just, you know, be like, I'm just going to prove them wrong then and just, you know, (laughs) head in the direction of your dreams, because that's the only way to go. If you don't chase your dreams, they're still going to hate you anyway. So may as well go for it. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yes. I love that. And, and like, honestly, like you might as well do what you love. Like you need to, if we live in this world where you need to make money and you need to have a job. Like you might as well be working on something that you love and you want to do every day instead of, you know, working away so hard at something that is making miserable. I can. Oh my God. Attest. So true. Yeah. No, it's so true. Yeah. When when you find what lights you up, just go for it and follow it. It will it will keep you lit up your entire life. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's it changes awesome. your life. Changes yeah. your perspective. I agree. Amazing. So, where can people find and connect with you? Awesome. Yeah. So, um, well, for Curly Brewing, it's uh, at Curly Brewing Co. C U R L E Y. Uh, Curly Brewing Co. on um, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we do have TikTok, uh, <laughs> but we don't post on there very often. Um, and Twitter, same thing, but we don't really post on there very often. And uh, our website is curlybrewing.com. And uh, yeah, everything's on there. Amazing. So, can people order beer online? They can, yeah. So if you live in London, um, we do free delivery every Thursday. Uh, so you can order online or if you just want to order ahead, uh, our beer sells really fast. Um, so it's because kind of it's best to order ahead. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, you can order ahead and then we'll have it boxed up and ready for you and you can just come in and we'll pass it off to you. That's the best way to make sure you get what you want instead of um, coming and then being like, oh, no sours. Everybody wants the sours. <laughs> um, and then we do have caps as well. If people want anything on tap, uh, you can come in and try a flight or have a pint. So where's your store located? Uh, 1634 Hyde Park Road, uh, near the corner of Hyde Park and Gainsborough. We're in the same plaza as Edible Arrangements and uh, Music Academy is right behind us. Um, so yeah. yeah. And your store hours? Uh, so all those change all the time. But um, for the last little while, it's been uh, Wednesday and Thursday, 12 to 6, Friday, Saturday, 12 to 8, and uh, Sunday's just a shorty, 12 to 4. Nice. That's amazing. So everybody needs to, at the end of this podcast, go grab a beer. Um, and the, the beautiful thing that I love about local businesses like Curly's is that if you go in there, you're going to meet Kelsey or you're going to meet Nigel. You know what I mean? Like it's, and it's the best. It's literally just us. Yeah. And it's so cool. You'll get to talk to her. Oh my God. And like, like the best ever. So, uh, thank you so much, Kelsey, for being part of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast. Uh, and opening up and sharing your challenges and struggles. I know that our listeners got so much value out of you sharing your story and opening up. And uh, if anybody wants to reach out to Kelsey, you now know where to find her. And I'm going to link all of your uh, stuff in the show notes as well. So go connect with Kelsey. She's amazing. She will talk to you and she will give you the time of day, which are the people that I love. So thank you so much, Kelsey. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Okay, we'll talk soon. Bye. Okay, bye.